Hey, 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 everyone. You're listening to Civil Radio 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, serving the Fraser Valley, located on the traditional unceded Stolo territory. And this is Bush League. I'm your host, Carl Unger, and with me is my co-host, my new co-host, I should say, Kenny Greencorn. Uh, Kenny, how you, how you feeling? Nervous? Excited? What's up? Uh, yeah, definitely a little bit nervous, but uh, super excited, man. Uh, it's going to be great to be on this podcast and talk hockey with you. Yeah, you and I have been doing this since we were kids, so... Uh, you know, shouldn't be too different. Put a microphone in front of us. Absolutely. All right. So for those of you new to the show, this is season two. The show went on hold last season following the unfortunate passing of my very dear friend and co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the beast, Justin Orley Orlowitz. Uh, you are missed dearly, my friend, and uh, by a great many people. And I hope you'll be with us in spirit this season. And we're looking forward to a great year. Uh, we'll be doing an eight-episode regular season this year for uh, Bush League and hopefully a bunch more as we make a big run for the Calder Cup this year. Uh, we're going to sprinkle some live shows in there so everyone can call in and have their thoughts heard and even some Friday tailgating events along the way. It's going to be a great season. We have a great season of content in store for you folks. Uh, so uh, best thing to do is follow us on the, on the social web at uh, underscore Bush League on Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok. And we'll be sure to post what's happening as we go and post the schedule after, after, as we get going. Uh, so, and after all, this is Bush League, so we tend to make this up as we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was actually going through the notes today and I was adding more and more stuff in there. So it's going to be good. Well, you know, Kenny, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, last season, 90% of what I did was uh, completely off the cuff. You know, it was completely made up as I went along. So, you know, yeah. Listen, you know what, Carl? Don't worry about it, because I listened, and so did many others, and I, and uh, you could clearly tell. Oh, we're well oh. aware of that fact, buddy. We're well aware of that fact. Oh, wow, wow! <laughs> Shots are fired. Okay, great. We need a shot count up here, and not not a shot on goal, more of a shot on Carl count here, from the sounds of it. Jeez. All right, well, let's get started then. We'll get dive right in. Uh, the Abbey Canucks, uh, Kenny, you want to take us through your analysis of that road stand to start the season? All right, absolutely, Carl. Uh, first off, before we get into the uh, the road trip, let's. Uh, I just want to say congrats to uh, Waters on being named captain of the Canucks, the first ever Abbey Canucks captain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good Saskatchewan kid from Battlefords. Shout out to the Battlefords there. Uh, plays hard. Might be resigned to be a career AHLer kind of guy you want to have as your captain and build a team. It's it's his era to start. Absolutely, and so let's let's kick it off with the first game there, the Canucks versus the Ontario Reign. Um, you know, uh, Dowling gets a nice power play goal, uh, the first Abbey goal of the season. So uh, that was awesome. Uh, right after that, Lockwood with a nice breakaway uh, and robbed by Phoenix Copley. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Lockwood has been uh, really showing his speed and playing great. Uh, watch for him to continue to make an impact for the Abbotsford Canucks. Absolutely phenomenal at back checking. Just a quality two way forward developing well with the Canucks. Absolutely. And you know what? We had Arsh Deep uh, with a nice goal. Uh, Canucks were up 2-1, and Carlson already with two assists. Feeling pretty good about this game so far, you know. Uh, we got Colin Delia, the uh, veteran goalie the Canucks picked up, making his debut uh, season opener. And uh, unfortunately, he got shelled for seven goals. And, uh, I mean, Silovs came in, but the damage was done, and he let in one. So it was an 8-2 yeah. loss overall. But Yeah, uh, Colin Delia, uh, you know, loss wasn't all his fault. You know, he had a really strong training camp, too, with the with the big club. Uh, you know, big presence for the Rockford Ice Dogs a few years back. Uh, solid Calder Cup run with them in 2018. But he's uh, kind of fallen off a little bit since. 
Um, you know, I, but he seems to be buying into the program with Clarkie here in Vancouver, uh, well, Vancouver Abbotsford, and hopefully uh, we can develop him like we did Spencer Martin. Uh, and you know, that's a feather in Clarkie's cap. What he did with Spencer Martin and that reputation, you know, goes across the league. So guys like uh, Dilio, they want to start coming here and they want to make a big effort at making it to the show, and that's the guy that's going to take them there. So. Um, you know, especially with things as it appears with uh, at a stalemate with Michael DiPietro, uh, you know, this looks like a, a strong backup for us. No, absolutely. And you know what? Honestly, uh, penalty trouble all throughout the game. Uh, the Canucks gave the Rain seven power plays. Uh, the Rain yeah. drove three for seven. By the end of the second, it was 6-2. The shots were 35-20. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, taking dumb penalties 150 feet from their own net, just brutal. You know, you see this a lot at the HL level, and it was a big problem for us last season in Abbotsford. So hopefully they turn around from there. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know what? Listen, I don't want to give the uh, rain too much credit, but I think you got to give credit where credit's due. And, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I really recommend you guys check it out. Bjornfoot uh, with an absolutely incredible goal. I mean, he literally turned Stevens and Nielsen. I mean, they were trying to check him. Went right, blew right through them. I think they both fell over. They hit each other. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, and then he did a nice toe drag right by Baines and by Wayne or by Wu, sorry. And then uh, just turned him inside out, put it home right past uh, uh, Delia. So I mean, that was a beauty. If you didn't see it, check it out because uh, it was awesome. Um, Klimovich uh, near the end of the game, he hits TJ Tynan. Uh, Tynan kind of rushes into the zone, spins, and uh, I mean Klimovich unfortunately hits him right as he's spinning, and uh, it gets ejected from the game. So I mean. Overall, a rough game, but yeah. uh, you know anyone who listened to the podcast last year, uh, myself included. I know Carl's guy, TJ Tynan, yeah, good uh, old, rain captain. Good old Crash Tynan. I think I coined that term. You know, a lot of people start and still use it, right? Crash Tynan, there. Uh, you know, hey, back to back AHL MVP. Congratulations to him. I sure wish he was in a Canucks uniform, uh, but you know, it's one of those things. So love to hate him. You know, absolutely. I mean, yeah. he has a four point night. I mean. Honestly, Carl, what does this guy got to do to make the Kings? <laughs> well, he's got to grow a couple inches. But, you know, uh, I mean, it's 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 not for a lack of effort, right? He played a handful of games for the big club last season in L.A. And uh, he's a, he's about as skilled a hockey player as you're ever going to see, especially at the AHL level. But, uh, you know, skill just doesn't quite do it uh, in, the, in the NHL. You got to have that size. And similar to our very own Sheldon Dries, uh, who I think uh, could fill in a temporary capacity as a top six forward on any team, right? He's He's got that skill set, and he can cover any guy in the NHL on a temporary basis. But when you talk about a full season in an NHL uniform, I just don't know if these guys cut it or big enough, or they might have some serious uh, you know, issues with uh, with injuries. So that's the problem. But you know what? Uh, the Reign are, are happy to have him, and he's a big key to their success. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um so the next game uh, was uh, against Bakersfield uh, the next day. So uh, the Canucks look to erase that first game. Uh, they start Seelovs. Uh, I thought they came out at a good pace, but uh, ended up down uh, two in the first. Um, I mean, a beauty goal by Kesselring and a power play goal by Cambates, um, you know, to, to get Bakersfield up by two. Um, Nielsen had a nice breakaway chance not far after that, but just couldn't get a shot off. Yeah. Um, you know, it was nice to see Arsenal score a dirty goal. I mean, this guy's those are the kind of goals. He's, he's captain dirty, score. man. He's he's <laughs> dirty. I love Arsenal. Like he's he's our kind of dirty and I love having him on our team. Absolutely. I mean, he gets a power play one right at the end of the first, and then Stevens with a nice snipe top corner, but it was right at the buzzer. They looked yeah. at it, but uh it was disallowed. So um yeah, so they finished that first one down two to one. Uh folk 
comes out quick in the second with a goal 50 seconds in, ties it up. Um, you know, it was nice to see the physicality pick up. A huge hit by Yulson on Griffith. Costin takes exception to that, and those two drop it. <laughs> yeah, take exception to say the least. Hey, Juleson's looking phenomenal to start the season, and we'll touch on him more later. But let's just say uh, don't get too used to seeing him in an Abbotsford Canucks jersey this year, folks. Right-handed defensemen are worth their weight in gold at Rogers Arena right now. So, uh, you know, I, I could see him pl- playing a big stint up in the big club. Absolutely. And you know what? Rich uh, Pickard... Uh, with a huge save in OT on Stevens. Obviously, this game went to overtime, and uh, Picard, he makes that save. He tries this risky move, throwing the puck out of his glove to one of his players, and, uh, well, it didn't quite work out. Yeah, Linus from Carlson, hero to zero. From hero to zero. That's right. Linus Carlson, the, the Swedish Elite League Rookie of the Year, uh, scoring a beauty in overtime to uh, give Abbotsford the win. Yeah, and he's looked great so far this season. Personally, I thought we were going to draft him back in uh, 2018 with our third-round pick over Tyler Madden. Uh, but, you know, Tyler Madden was the you know the, the kind of Sophie's Choice one there. Everybody wanted him. Uh, but I, I really, really like this kid, and I think he should have been chosen over Tyler Madden. So I'm glad that that role's reversed, and we've got him now. So that's yeah, great. For sure. And then uh, October 21st, the Canucks took on Coachella Valley, the Seattle uh, Kraken's farm club. Um, yeah, I, I watched that one on AHL TV. Did you watch that one there? Oh, my goodness. Uh, looked like it was recorded with someone's dad's camcorder, like an old... Uh, <laughs> like an old Toshiba camcorder or something like that. Uh, I w- also, I wonder, do you think they uh, froze the swimming pool and built boards around it or something? That looked like a community center. It didn't look like a hockey rink to me, but uh, I expect to see the old men walking behind wearing towels going on their way to the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I was watching. I was like, oh, my goodness, where are they playing? They only had fans on one side of the building. I think it's their practice facility, but honestly. Yeah, it is. It's the uh, practice yeah, it was. It was tough tough to, to watch, uh, but – you know what? I mean, uh, Coachella Valley looks honestly like they got a great team. I mean, they got Puderalski, who is the back-to-back AHL leading scorer in the AHL, and and Cole Lind. Uh, I mean, he's already got six points in the first two games. Um, X cannot great. Well, they're there. an expansion sweepstakes team, right? You know, True. they're going to have a good AHL club. No, for sure. And uh, you know, honestly, I thought the Canucks did a great job controlling the play in the first. I mean, nothing came of it. Um, Alex True undresses Kalanuk on the first goal uh, for for Coachella Valley. Um, Carlson, uh, not too long after that, had a really nice deal and set up the second goal, which was which is nice. Um, really, I mean, in this game, like I said, like Carl said, it is a little bit tough to watch. Uh, but Abby won the special teams game, and really that was the difference. Um, mm-hmm. The nice thing to see, though, was uh, Dries, uh, with his first game in the lineup, had a huge first game, three points. Uh, Tristan Nielsen, Seelovs, uh, great game as well. Yeah, no, no secret about Sheldon Dries that he's, uh, you know, one of my. There's no secret he's one of my favorite Abbey Canucks. I've made no, I've made, pulled no punches around that. I'm definitely going to miss watching him connect on those uh, beauty Sheldon to Sheldon plays with uh, Sheldon Rempel, and it's going to suck playing against Rempel uh, when we play the Silver Knights this season because he's such a skilled player. But you know what, Dries picking up right where he left off last season. I absolutely love this kid. Yeah, you know what. Um... So this was obviously a back- I say kid. I say kid fluidly. He's not a. He's a, <laughs> but pushing the better part of thirty now. I think he's in the late twenties. So, but yo, know, I just absolutely love this guy. Hey, I'm forty. I'm allowed to say kid. I was just know? gonna say when you when you start using the word kid, you start to know you're getting up there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Canucks take on Coachella Valley again um, on the twenty third there. And uh, and this game uh, was wild. Wild uh, first period, man. First of all, it was in a much better arena. 
Yeah. And, uh, and, and much better uh, video footage to watch. But, man, it was wild. I mean, six goals, two fights, uh, Waters and Kalanick. I mean, there was, there was some video issues. I mean, it cut out uh, yeah. partially through the first. So I actually didn't get to see the... Uh, the water's first fight and, and a couple of the goals, but uh, I yeah. did get, it did, it did chime back in for Kalanix. And I tell you, man, Kalanix just, just, man, he went to town on that guy. Yeah, um, we, we had a bunch of supporters in the building there for that game. I don't know if you know that, but we had a bus go down from the Abbotsford Canucks there. Oh yeah. Uh, they built it as a, a contest for the season ticket members, but I think it was pretty much anybody who RSVP'd was going. Uh, but yeah, we put a, put a bunch of punch of uh, Abbotsford Canucks fans in the seats there. Definitely a nicer arena, as we know, and uh, it's sure. great. I'm sure the guys love playing on that NHL arena. You know, some of the guys in the NHL level will never get a chance to play. They'll never get that cup of coffee in the show. So that's a great opportunity for them to play in one of those one of those ice rinks. Oh, for sure. Climate Pledge Arena, honestly, it looks awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to go down there for a game. For sure. Yeah, and... I was actually supposed to go down on Sunday, but unfortunately I been, was fighting a bit of a cold, uh, hence the big sexy voice today in episode one. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that was a bit of a struggle, and unfortunately, I couldn't go across the border with uh, having the sniffles. Well, listen, it was looking to be a great game, and, uh, I mean, the second period started off the same way the first one finished, a couple of quick goals, uh, including a, a, a nice shorty by Riggish um, to make it 4-4. Uh, and then uh, Dan Balsma, the Coachella Valley coach uh, who led the Pittsburgh Penguins to the 0809 Stanley Cup, and was a 2010-2011 Jack Adams winner, uh, made the call to pull Gibson and, uh, and bring in Cal Booth. And, and honestly, uh, Coachella Valley really pulled away from there. What a quality coach to have at an NHL level, right? Man, when I seen that, I was like, whoa. Yeah, man. yeah. Um, there was a hit from behind on Nielsen uh, from the ex-Canuck, Brogan Rafferty, uh, which led to a little bit of fisticuffs. But honestly, um, we had that power play. We really couldn't score. We couldn't get back in the game from there. Yeah, Tristan Nielsen playing great start to season as well. Uh, I know I've said I feel like I've said that about everybody, but you know what? I've actually been impressed by all the BC boys so far. Uh, Nielsen, Juleson, but especially loving the Surrey boys, Baines and Regish. Right, great guys to watch play. Uh, I loved our Steve's story last year and was so glad and excited when the Canucks signed him, uh, local boy with that that backstory. So I think uh, he'll be one of my favorites this season. Yeah, you know what? Um... Yeah, I'm going to go out there right now. I mean, Tristan Nielsen, I think, is going to be he, – he's my guy. Uh, I really like the energy he brings, hard worker. And, and for those of you who didn't get a chance to see him uh, mic'd up during the uh, Penticton Young Stars tournament, uh, it, it's pretty funny. Um, uses the word get some a lot uh, while he's on the ice. Get some. <laughs> Absolutely. So, which uh, go uh, with a huge hit on Regish. Um, this one was – you don't like to see any of this kind of stuff, but uh, – he looked pretty hurt uh, trying to get up and falling back down to the ice multiple times. Uh, some players had to come out and help him off. I mean, it looks like yeah. most likely a concussion, but uh, hopefully he gets well soon. Yeah, and he'll enter kind of the HL concussion protocols there, and hopefully uh, he turns out okay and it's you know not a permanent issue for him. But uh, you know, I hate to see that for a young guy trying to develop in the game. Absolutely. I mean, he was just, just signed too, right, um, this season, so... Uh, anyways, hopefully he gets better soon. Uh, Seelovs was in for all six goals. They uh, didn't change anything there. They uh, left him in there. Yeah, yeah. And, hey, I wanted to mention that uh, so far this uh, season, DiPietro is only dressed for one of the games. You know, I was really hoping to see DiPietro come out and have a huge season this year and then, you know, find himself a, a trade bait, obviously. But, uh, you know, get out there, find another team he could grow with in the NH into an NHL goalie. Uh, that's always been his goal. I know that. I know he's frustrated with the process, but it's part of the process, and he's got to 
just uh, take this in stride. And I think, uh, you know, this will show a lot about his character if he sits out the season and doesn't play. But, uh, you know what, I'm just worried that he's going to kind of uh, fade into oblivion here. But anyways, I've just always had a, 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 you know, a soft spot for Michael DiPietro, and I just hate to see this happening uh, with him. But I, you know, we're in good hands with Artis Seeloff. Uh, he'll be a great start of the season, and with Dilia, uh, might even push him a bit. Uh, but it's Seeloff's spot. He's earned it. No, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, really, that ends their road trip at 2-2, uh, and two, which I would say uh, was pretty good. I mean, a four out of possible eight points, uh, all, you know, opening games on the road. Listen, so. listen, if you if you split a road series, a four-game road series to start the season, that is a win. I'm sorry, folks. In, in any measure of the game, that is a win. And, uh, you know, that that's that's great to see. So. No. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Linus Carlson led all Canucks with five points in those four road games. Um, like I said previously, I mean, he's the Swedish Elite lead uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, currently tied for fifth in AHL rookie scoring. So this could be a fun race to watch uh, as the season goes along, uh, unless he gets called up. Yeah, well, you know, in the rookie scoring, he he could pop up in the in the overall scoring race as well. We had a couple of uh, Abbotsford Canucks in that race last season. But, you know, Carlson doesn't have a lot of limitations. He's a very, very skilled player, and uh, he's young, but he could uh, really make a presence this season. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I mean, Justin Dowling, right? I mean, he uh, he played in that first game, but we didn't really yeah. see him throughout that road trip. But taking a look at things, I mean, he is on the Canucks roster, so I think he's been called up. But it, it just it sucks to be sitting up with the big club and, and not playing, right? Um, he could be playing in the AHL. Yeah, well, you know, and he's he's just an absolutely quality player. Uh, you know, there again, we mentioned he's got a lot of NHL experience, more than just a few cups of coffee in the show, almost 100 NHL games, 18 career points. So, you know, but it sucks to see him not playing, like you say. Uh, you know, we could certainly use him down here in Abbotsford, but with everything going on in the big club, we definitely, uh, you know, need to keep that in mind that it's going to impact the 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 Abbotsford Canucks quite a bit. And we had issues with that last year. The taxi squad just absolutely wreaked havoc on us, right? Um, but also Justin Bailey, another guy not in the lineup so far this year. I've been kind of watching his Instagram feed, and uh, you know he's working really hard to get back in the mix. And uh, you know he, it doesn't really get better than him at an AHL level when he's healthy and playing his heart out. That guy is just so cool to watch. He was my standout favorite last year yeah, when he was playing. Difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wish him all the best, and hope to see him in a Canucks uniform soon. Uh, oh, we had this recent signing earlier this week, uh, Kyle Rao. Uh, uh, and I, that's how I'm told it's, it's pronounced. It's like bow, bow of a ship, Kyle Rao. Uh, you know, Canucks signed him earlier this week to a one-year AHL contract. He's, uh, I'm assuming we'll see him this weekend, and I honestly can't wait to see him play. Very strong veteran player, 25 goals, 53 points last season with the Iowa Wild. He'll be an impact player. Plain and simple, and uh, we just got it. We, we just got better with that signing. Like people are underappreciating that signing. That, that is huge for us. Yeah, and and we need it with all the all the injuries uh, up at the big club. They're going to need that depth. Yeah, well, the problem is a lot of these guys just. I don't know if they're producers at the NHL level, but it certainly benefits the depth of the club and helps us in Abbotsford tremendously. It puts us into a Calder Cup position. You know, when we pick up players like this, because this is a guy that's a first line AHL player on any team. Yeah. So, you know, we, it's great to have him. Um, all right. So uh, season ticket holders are invited to an exclusive opening night happy happy hour. This uh, event happening on Friday at Abbotsford Center. That starts at 530 and entrance uh, for this will be through gate one. 
50% off uh, food and beverages until 6 p.m. Uh, this event's only for season ticket holders, but uh, there's plenty going on this weekend for everybody else. Uh, there's also that uh, South Rise social that's happening after both games, Friday and Saturday, with uh, player appearances, interviews, and live music. This will go on for about 45 minutes after the game, both nights, and uh, you can ask the arena staff on where to go for that at the games. The um, I think it's also Diwali, Diwali night on Saturday. So that'll yeah. be uh, that'll be that's always a lot of fun. Great great game to go to. They'll be showing off their Diwali uniforms. Uh, so make sure you get out for that for opening weekend this weekend. Tickets are available, and let's show them uh, San Diego boys uh, how you sell an arena without luring college kids with two dollar tall boy cans. Mm-hmm. They actually do that down in San Diego. It's uh, I actually want to get down there for a game. Yeah, that'd be awesome. This looks like a pretty good atmosphere, but we could fill it with just the entertainment of the ice. So we should probably talk about opening weekend this weekend, what to expect. There again, I think it was a huge, huge step in the right direction to go uh, split the games on the road. Four road games to start the season. I mean, the Vancouver team knows how horrible it is with the five-game road stand that, you know, they yeah. felt that. So the fact that we went 2-2 two and two is great. Picking up row now, that makes us even deeper. But what about ups and downs? Who, who are we losing going into this weekend, Kenny? Yeah, so uh, Canucks have made some adjustments. Uh, obviously, Besser is uh, on IR um, now. Uh, Lazar also just put on IR uh, yesterday. So they've they've called up... Uh, Don't tell me Lockwood. Don't tell me Lockwood. They called up Lockwood. Uh. Uh, I mean, with Lazar gone, Lockwood is... a Honestly, he's a great replacement for what uh, Lazar brings to the table. And, yeah. Uh, and Dries, Dries has been brought up as well. Oh, wow. Um, We're losing Lockwood and Dries. Yeah. Well, and Breezeball is already up, so he's going to stay up. Well, it's good that we've got uh, Ro- Ronel. Yeah. Like, uh, he'll be a good uh, substitute for those guys. But I don't know if he substitutes for both Lockwood and Dries. So that could be a bit of a struggle. Maybe we'll see a little more production out of uh, guys like Arsenal and Guys like that, right? So, yeah, it'd be nice to see Klimovich get in there, and uh, and Rao. I'd like to see what he's got to got to do, right? Yeah, but Klimovich is still developing. He's still he young. Like he's not. I mean, I guess Linus Carlson's flown in there and really shown what he can do as a premium prospect. But uh, you know, Klimovich is. Uh, you know, he's been a bit slow to develop here so far, but he looks great this year. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm not docking him, but I don't know that he's a producer this year. But no, he showed some flashes. I mean, uh, look. Abbotsford Canucks are two and two, uh, and uh, San Diego Gulls are one and three so far to start yeah. the season. So, and their parent club I think is one and four with the Anaheim Ducks. So, yeah. you know they're going through some similar problems to what we're going through. So we, we talk about losing guys and and you know guys going up and down, up and down. Uh, but uh, you know on that highway of broken dreams. But <laughs> we uh, we are um, you know we, we're looking at. Uh, pretty similar situation to the Anaheim uh, San Diego situation. So they're probably going to be feeling the same thing coming into Abbotsford this weekend. At least we got the home crowd behind us. Yeah. What are you thinking? You thinking Seelovs, then Delia or Uh, back to back? Well, you know, so far coach has been uh, putting in Arters to start the game. So I think he'll, he'll lead with Arters and then Seelovs, or sorry, uh, he'll he'll lead with Seelovs and then uh, Delia will play on uh, Saturday night. No DiPietro. I would love to see DiPietro, but I don't think I think this is a big series to put in a guy who hasn't played a game yet. When you have two guys that have played well yeah. to start the season, I mean the goal scoring against them, the goals against doesn't isn't necessarily indicative of that, but they have played well, and people have to remember this is the AHL, yeah. and uh, so goals happen. But yeah, I would love to see DiPietro, but I think that that stalemate's going to keep going. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they are rolling three, right? He's always been in the roster, mainly a scratch, but... Um, He's only dressed one game. Yeah, exactly. I, here's a name for you, Carl. Ole Ulevi. Ulevi, yeah. Four, four points in the first four games. Oh, well. <laughs> he He's healthy for every game so far, four in. Well, well, wouldn't you know it? Oh, man, right? Wouldn't you know it? Yeah, well, um, definitely this weekend. We, uh, What's your prediction for this weekend? I, I think, uh, you know, s- split at worst, uh, but I could definitely see the the, Canuck, the Abbotsford Canucks walking away with both wins uh, in the arena. They just tend to split these back-to-back home game weekends. At least last year they had a tendency to do that, so I'm trying to be careful with my prediction here. But I think they have the team, and when you compare them to the Gulls, uh, I think they win both games. Yeah, no, I listen. Uh, they have the chance to win both games for sure. I mean, Drys and Lockwood not in the lineup um, takes a bit out of it, but I think honestly, uh, I got a feeling they're going to win the first game for sure. Okay, cool. Well, there yeah. we go. There's the prediction. Yeah, you know what? That's I, I I like that. Yeah, that's why I say I think split at worst. Yeah, two two at best. Uh, maybe pull three points out of this weekend. I'm a little safe on that one, but hey. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> sure. uh, and on that note. Please drink responsibly, folks, this weekend and all the time. Let's leave the memories on the ice where they belong. Uh, now let's go to on the high. Go, let's go up the highway to the Vancouver squad, Kenny. Let's. Uh, what's your breakdown? Yeah, I mean, where do we start here? There's so much to unpack. Uh, honestly, I was super pumped for the return of this team uh, and the season to get started. I mean, having a, a healthy team, bringing in the additions they did with Kuzi, Lazar, Mikheyev, um, some size with Joshua. And really, the Niels Amon story, uh, making the team out of camp, boy, this guy come out of nowhere. Um, yeah. And he's looked good. Um, I mean, Brock Besser uh, back uh, and refocused. Podsy hopefully taking another step. And the potential of seeing Jack Rathbone with the big club, I mean, is a lot to be excited about. Um, yeah, well, Jack Rathbone, I mean, last year I had a bit of a, a bit of a mixed, mixed relationship over Jack Rathbone last year. And you know, Justin and I talked about him a lot, and uh, Justin wasn't sure if he was going to develop. I wasn't too sure either, but boy, he's been playing well this year, and uh, I think he's going to be a really good addition to the big club uh, going forward, so he's yeah. done great. Yeah, no, you know what? Um, you know, a fresh start with Boudreaux, you know, and the team uh, from where they left off last year, just just a lot to get excited for. Um, and then, <laughs> well, we all know where we're at right now, but uh, we'll break it down a bit. Uh, they play the Oilers. Um Three five loss. They blow a two goal lead. Um, then they play the Flyers. Two three loss. They blow another two goal lead. <laughs> uh, they play the Capitals. A four six loss. Blow another two goal lead. Uh, then they go up against the Jackets, um, and it's a three four OT loss. And they blow yet another two goal lead. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they made an NHL record that you just don't want to make. Yeah. And that's uh, blowing leads. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, tough one. Tough one. Uh, then they go up against the Wild. Um, a lot of people were talking about maybe Boudreaux getting his 600th win against uh, his old club. And yeah. uh, well, they lost 3-4 in OT. Uh, they blew the lead twice in this game. And honestly, Kirill the thrill. Um, that goal in OT was, I mean, it, it was a bit embarrassing just the way they were scrambling around the net. I mean, I think Demko was twisted yeah. backwards and uh right after they just had a good chance too so um so that's a that's a tough one um so that puts them down five yeah. and then uh well somebody somebody needs to tell these guys wives they keep blowing the lead you know and <laughs> it's just brutal out there but oh. uh 
Uh, you know, I, I, it's funny. I posted something to our Instagram there. There again, that's at underscore Bush League. Shameless plugs here. Um, <laughs> about we posted a reel with with a South Park clip showing you know blowing the lead, blowing the lead. I had absolutely no idea when I posted that on October twelfth that would stand up so well for so long. You know, here we are, eleven days later, it still stands up. So yeah. uh, it's brutal. Yeah, and then uh, and then they cap things off with a uh, two three loss. Uh, to the hurricanes uh, just the other day so i mean um that first road trip those uh those first five games they really went oh three and two uh with two of a possible 10 points yeah um, yeah and, but let's just stop let we, let, we can't like everybody's being very hard on them but let's mm-hmm. just look at the facts they were one of only two teams that had that horrible schedule to start the season the other team was the coyotes who don't even have an arena that's why they had the terrible road schedule so they've had five games to start the season on the road that's brutal uh, a lot of bad luck, bad calls, uh, you know, and, and people will say, oh, that's just a fan complaining. But no, really, if you look at an outsider looking in, it's tough. You can't you can't get bad calls against you, against a team like Edmonton in that first game. They, they're going to come back. They have the best power play in the NHL. Like, they're, they're going to come back. They're going to score. They're going to make you eat every penalty that you take. So if you get bad calls against you, that can absolutely take the win out of your sale. But my question, Kenny, is where's the resiliency? Uh, they need to be overcoming adversity. And what's the point of looking good on paper and having a great team if there's no resiliency and no overcoming adversity? Yeah, no, great point, Carl. And you know what? I mean, I think throughout that road trip, they showed some great signs. Look, you don't get two goal leads uh, by not playing well. I mean, so there were moments where they they played very, very well. But, uh, um, you know, they've just, they've been in every game. The challenge has been the turnovers, uh, getting out of their zone, holding the lead, getting out of the third periods. Uh, you know, it's just been, uh, it's just been an ongoing challenge. So, I mean, um, they get a chance to come home, change the story. Home Did opener. they? Yeah. Well, I was at this game. Uh, I, I got tickets last minute, so, uh, I was pumped to get there and go. And for all you folks listening, he was wearing a Buffalo oh. Sabres jersey. He sent me a picture. I almost vomited in my mouth. I knew this was coming. This is like uh, Justin 2.0 all over again. Okay, I'm just telling you right now. I got a I got a Dominic Hasek jersey, uh, my favorite goalie, and I've never been to a Buffalo game. I had to pull it out of the wardrobe and uh, and wear it. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't realize the game was going to go down like that. Well, Hasek uh, was a beauty, though, and you know I actually saw a stat today about him. Uh, it was like this is how it was like. Do you want to know how good Dominic Hasek was? It was like. The year they went to the West, they went to the conference finals. Their top scorer on the team had fifty-seven points. Wow! <laughs> For this season, you know that's what? how good Dominic Hasek was. For sure, I, I remember watching that Stanley Cup final game at your house actually when we were kids, and uh, Brett Hull scored that overtime winner with his skate in the crease, and uh, I was livid, livid. They let it go, but yeah. Uh, listen, yeah, I mean, great goalie. And, um, yeah, so just a, a chance for me yeah. to wear that jersey. Uh, there was a few Buffalo Sabre fans in the building. When I say a few, I mean maybe 10. And uh, I got tackled by three of them when I was uh, buying 50-50 <laughs> tickets. They're like, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you went, fun did, group did of guys. Did you have the heart to tell them you're actually a Canucks fan? Uh, no, no. You're not um, a Buffalo fan. You're a Hasek fan. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a tough loss, though, no matter how you slice it. Uh, big you know, loss to old man Anderson there Two years old. My gosh. Playing in net. Canucks <laughs> That's a tough good. pill to swallow. But you know what? Anderson looked pretty good. 29 saves, and he looked solid, man. He's a veteran. But he's he 42. He made some of those saves with his cane, you know? It's yeah. like. No, the Canucks made him look good. That's for sure. Uh, Rathbone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, that was Rathbone's first game uh, of this season, too. And honestly, I thought he looked really good, especially 
I wasn't expecting uh, Hughes and Besser to be out. So when I got to the game, I was like, what? No Hughes? No Besser? Uh, and Rathbone, I mean, he just and Juleson, he looked good. Juleson played well too that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah physical, uh, made some really good plays, really good reads, interceptions. Um, I think those two guys showed really well. Um, and, but, I mean, honestly, I mean, the, the fans throwing jerseys on the ice, like, I mean, it got a little bit crazy. I mean, we're, we're six games in, but. Uh, yeah, man. well, you know, the thing is, Hope is a dangerous thing, Kenny. And losing yep. sucks no matter how you slice it. I think it was uh, Billy Bean from the Oakland Athletics said it best. He said, I hate losing. I hate losing. I hate losing even more than I like winning. Yeah. And there's a difference. And there is a difference. We all hate losing. Losing sucks. But losing the way we have so far this season really demoralizes a fan base. Uh, and fans booing the team and throwing jerseys on the ice, that's not going to help things here, boys. Like, uh, you better be absolutely dedicated when you're doing that kind of nonsense to to leaving the team and never following them again because you're just setting them up to fail for the rest of the season when you do stuff like that just a bunch of babies having a hissy fit i have no respect for that you could complain about how, how your team's playing but doing stuff like that booing your team throwing jersey on the ice that is like the final straw for me like if, if i see anybody do that i would never want to see them root for the canucks again yeah no i mean and uh yeah, it was tough to see for sure. Like hearing the announcer come on and be like, "Please stop throwing stuff on the ice." It, you yeah. kind of realize, like, okay, I think this is going. This is the kind of thing those East much. Coast East Coast fans do. I was at a game in Montreal one time, and uh, you know they're booing uh, Theodore before he even gets on the ice, and they booed half uh, their squad in the announcements. They're announcing the squad and they're booing them. They come out, they give up like four goals on eight shots or something like that. And the booing continues like, you think this is going to help? You spent all that money on that ticket and you come out here just to boo your team and watch them get steamrolled and and contribute to the steamrolling? Like, this is East Coast stuff. We don't need this here on the West Coast. We need to support our team. We need to step up. You know, uh, I was watching this Welcome to Wrexham uh, show on uh, FX there, uh, Disney Plus, last night. And uh, you know they they're rooting on their team. They they didn't make the they got they they didn't go up in the league. But you know what they did? They're, the fans didn't leave. They gave them standing ovation. Didn't leave the arena or sorry the, yep. the field I guess or the pitch or whatever it is in soccer. But you know it's just that's the kind of fan base we need. And we used to have that. And I don't know where that went. A bunch of crybabies now, and I just can't believe it. So yeah, I mean, look, JT Miller said it well in in one of his interviews too. He was just like, look, you know what, like. They pay for those jerseys. They want to throw that crap on the ice. They can do it, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we gotta, they gotta, they gotta do what they gotta do. The best players gotta play better, right? Um, and I thought uh, versus the Hurricanes, we lost two to three, but I thought there was a JT resurgence in that game. Um, he looked good. I mean, obviously he got both goals, but he he uh, he battled hard. Uh, you know, getting in on that four check, kind of seeing that old JT that we uh, we we knew from last season um, was nice to see, but I mean, uh, another one, uh, the, the third period in my opinion was, was horrible. I mean, I was watching it and they, we couldn't get it out of our zone. I mean, I know Carolina's got a great team. Uh, they play yeah. hard. They don't give you room to breathe, but uh, it was, it was pretty tough. Um, but I mean, Breezeball like, played well. Let's, let's remind everybody we're in all these games. Like yeah. they're not, I mean, Sun uh, was it Sunday? Sorry, so, yeah, Sunday was a bit suspect, but yeah. uh, or no, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday's game, yeah, yeah, Saturday's game was a bit suspect for me. I was watching that, and you know, I mean, it, but a lot of that was both the fans booing, and uh, I don't know. It's just they're in every game. They're they're playing hard. They're trying to do well here, and it's just tough losses. Tough losses. I mean, they are in last place in the NHL. Uh, the only team without a win so far this year. This is these are hard stats to 
you know, look at, but like, is this a failed experiment? Is it time for change? At what point do we make changes? Like, these are the questions we're asking, but you know, what do you think, Kenny? Like, I really think, uh, you know, yes. Well, I mean, like it's, I mean, it's evident, uh, we need to be better, but I think like, you know, although they're only four points out of a playoff spot, I mean, not all is lost, right? I mean, it's hard to believe are that they still after the game against Carolina. They are still. Yeah. I mean, points. I checked this morning. Uh, I mean, I guess so, I mean, you can make up four points pretty quick, right? Plus they're a streaky looking team. Like they have yeah. that kind of skill set that if they go on a run, they're the kind of team that could win eight in a row, nine in a row. Yeah. And all of a sudden this beginning of the season is gone by 30 games in, right? You just don't know. But they need to – I actually think it could be tough for them to get that first win. Uh, I think they're going to get it uh, on Thursday. And just so everybody knows, we are pre-recording this episode on Wednesday because Kenny's got to go to the game on Friday. But uh, So you're listening to it on Friday, but we haven't seen the Thursday game yet. You have. Um, but it's one of those things. That Thursday game is going to be very important, I think, against the Kraken – I think they're going to play. Uh, they're going to play Spencer Martin because the back-to-back games. So I think we'll see Martin against Seattle, and then, uh, um, uh, pardon me, and then uh, uh, Demko will play the following night. But the thing is, I think Martin will stand on his head. He's he's very focused, ready to play well this year. So every chance he gets to play, he's going to play hard, play well. I think he's going to stand on his head. I, I think that's going to be like a three-four-one game. I think the Canucks are going to really, and if that comes to fruition and that happens. This that's what they need. Once they have that win out of the way, I think the door the the win gates will open. From yeah. There. No, I think you're right. And and you know what? It's hard to believe that, um, you know, after the first seven games with only having two points, that they are only four points out of a playoff spot. So, I mean, um, you know, if they can turn it around, like you said, um, they could easily get back in it. I mean, what they got to do though, uh, really, is they got to, uh, they they got to they got to correct those third periods, right? In the first seven games. They've had two goals in the third. They've had 15 goals scored against them in the third period. A save percentage of .813. They've blown three leads, and they've tied or led in six of those seven games in the third period. So they got to come. got to find a way to battle harder. What is that that's causing that? Is that coming out too hard and then, uh, you know, gassing out for the third period? Is that lack of depth? We know that we are lacking depth at the, on the right side on the defense. Is that what's causing that opening that the that the teams need? Uh, are they reading Boudreaux like a book? And by the third period, they have a read and know how to play this this Canucks team. What is causing this? Yeah, you know what? I mean, honestly, the, the compete level in the third just isn't there. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I know Bo Horvat said in an interview that um, – there's just too many guys coasting by in the third period. And, I mean, as a captain of the team, you know, just calling out the team by saying, like, guys, we're just not playing hard enough in that third period. Yeah. Um, it's, and the other teams are playing harder, right? So and, I mean, and the why is their captain – Why is it, sorry, I didn't mean to speak yeah. over you, but why is their captain saying this and then the team doing – captain's saying one thing and the team's doing another. Is it time to change the captain? I've been an advocate since the summer that JT Miller should be the captain of this club ever since they signed him. You sign a guy to a, uh, a deal like that, long-term deal, that's going to take him into his late 30s. Is he not the future of the club? Is he not going to be the leader of this club? Why don't we? Why didn't we usher in the JT Miller era right away, trade Bo Horvat over the summer? I mean, we could get better trade value from him now because he's playing great. Start the season. But I'm just confused by why the Canucks didn't make that move when they had the chance. And I think that confusion has led to this situation we're in to start the season. Yeah, uh, you know what? I mean... 
Look, I'm a Bo Horvat fan uh, personally, but I mean, JT Miller, I mean, you can see this guy. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, and he is um, hes a real team guy, and I can tell you he holds a presence with that team. Um, so you're not wrong. And honestly, I think uh, as we continue to go, um, you know, they haven't signed Bo Horvat, so they may be looking at a possible. I mean, I've been hearing it all over the radio and, and all over other shows too that uh, – that, um, you know, they're, they're looking at a potential trade, but honestly, like that defense is not great. Um, you know, and those injuries to Hughes, Dermott, um, you know, they're, they're guys, they're not helping and you can't just get a D anywhere, you know, like you, in order to get one, you got to trade something. Um, and I mean, the only person, like you said, I mean, you think of Horvat, you think of some of these bigger chips, I mean, outside of honestly, outside of Hughes, Demko and Pedersen, uh, anybody on that team is, is tradable. But I mean, yeah. you're going into your next game with Luke Shen, Jack Rathbone, Ekman Larson, Burroughs, Breezebois, and Myers as your defensive core, right? Uh, and then they're playing the next game after that against Crosby and, uh, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they just came off of two losses to both Alberta teams. They're going to be coming out hard. Yeah, and that so. could easily be one of the, they're again, a come from behind kind of win for Pittsburgh. Like, you play these top caliber teams, doesn't matter if you get a lead on them. You could be up 3 nothing, 4 nothing. They will make you eat every penalty. They mm-hmm. will make you eat every mistake. And we just have too many players making mistakes right now. And every mistake will get capitalized on against a team like Pittsburgh. That's why I'm really hoping if we don't get that win against Seattle, it could be three games, four games before we before we break that yeah. that losing streak. That could end the season right to start. So this is a huge game in Seattle. And it's a shame that we're, we're not reporting on it uh, in this episode. But, uh, you know, we'll definitely make sure we come back to that or, or do something on social media with that. So follow us at underscore Bush League yeah. uh, for that info. Yeah, and you know what? I think uh, I think they will have a big game uh, against Seattle. They need it. Um, and, I mean, if that's the game they're going to win, it's probably going to be that one over Pittsburgh. But, I mean, you're right. They just need one win, honestly. They got a good team. We've seen it. We've seen it back half of last season. Um, we just need to get uh, to get them going. And yeah. once they get that win, they could start rolling. We've seen them uh, rally off like 10 wins in a row last season, right? So, Yeah, well, they have a streaky team for that, right? And they, they have uh, what they need for that. They just need to stick to the formula, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be there. But uh, I'm, let's talk some, about some positives. What have been your main positives for this season uh, so far? I've, I've really liked Pod Coles and Kuzmenko together. I know they haven't produced a lot of points together, but I really like their chemistry, and I think that, that once that gels, that could be something special for us. Yeah, no, for sure. Pod Colson has looked great. Uh, Kuzmenko looks like he's still trying to find his way, but his skill level, you can see it, right? When he skates, when he, his shot, oh. He's passionate, oh. too. His passion is, but he misses, he's been missing the net a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> early early on, right? Trying to just thread the needle too much, getting that shot. Well, a lot of the cucks have been doing that. We've had so many pucks go off the post. Let's just get the puck on net, folks. Yeah, like, no, true. At a certain point. But, uh, True. No, they look good, and, and Pedersen's had a great start to the season, which is encouraging, especially the way he started last year. So, mm-hmm. Well, you wanted to make sure that we touched on um, that we touched on Carey Price today, and yeah, I you, know that uh, you know. I mean, that is something that's very close to close to my heart. Uh, you know, it's something that uh, you know I've personally struggled with uh, the battle against uh, you know drinking too much too often. A lot of people don't know that. I've only recently become very public about that. And Carey Price is going through a very similar situation. And uh, it's empowering when you come out and you're able to be 
public about it with people. It's very, very difficult. I know that from personal experience. Uh, and it, but it, it allows you to, you know, it creates accountability around your actions and allows you to really start to grow as a, as a human being. And we forget sometimes that these guys are, are not just machines there for our entertainment and enjoyment. They are real life people and they have real life problems. And, uh, you know, he, he was saying how much that impacted him losing that, losing that Stanley cup finals and knowing that he was never going to get another shot at it reason realistically, um, and that he really went down the went down the bottle after mm-hmm. that. I really admire him for coming out and, and sharing his journey with us. And I hope it'll make him a better goalie. I mean, he's the best goalie in the world, in my opinion. And uh, when he's on, he's he's just unbeatable, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, no, for sure, man. And I think like uh, the one thing I really like about it was he took that time off, and uh, you know, just to make sure that. Uh, he got the help he needed, but I like how he waited till it was over before he spoke about his struggles. And, uh, you know, uh, kudos to him. I'm happy to hear he's doing better. And I know he's, he's not ruling out a, uh, retirement. He's, he's talking about taking care of his health. Uh, he's still having some issues, obviously he talked about, you know, um, he wants to be able to carry his kids up and down the stairs before he, he starts thinking about a return. But, uh, the fact that it's, it's not a closed door is great because it'd be so awesome uh, for you know for the game to have Price back in it at some point if it's a, if it's able to work. He's one of the, he's a, a generational talent, and anytime you have generational talents, the game is better off with them in the game and at their performing at their peak. Yeah, um, and it just it elevates the game, elevates obviously the team, and that was <laughs> certainly shown in Montreal when they went to that Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, nobody was uh, arguing the fact that that was a Carey Price show. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it, it's so, yeah, anytime you have a generational talent like that that has to take a step back and uh, look after personal situations, the, the league feels it. Everyone feels mm-hmm. it. It's like a, it's a general discomfort, even when you're not following that team or the player. You just feel it. You can feel it in the air. Yeah. And uh, I think that I'm hoping that that, that fog has lifted now. Yeah. No, it would be it would be cool to see him back at some point. I'm sure he did be received well by everyone. Speaking uh, of lifting the fog, Hockey Canada. We need yeah. to touch on this. Um, you know, I'll let you take it away, Kenny. No, I mean honestly, I think it's a tough subject to talk about. To be honest with you, it really is, uh, especially as two, you know, male privileged men sitting in this room. No, for sure, it's very difficult for us to have that say in this, but we have, you know, it's impossible to ignore this in this game that we love, that we report on, which is hockey. Um, this is a black mark on hockey as a whole. And I just, I, the lack of accountability and the fact that they're able to sidestep this so far is extremely frustrating as an outsider looking in. Oh, for sure. And after all these years, now it's coming to light and it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, the more you read about it, the more, like you, like I said, the, more, the harder it is to, um, to really comprehend it. But I think, you know, obviously change is needed in Hockey Canada. And I mean, the news is disturbing. Um, and, and honestly, good on the companies for, for pulling their sponsorships and, and really using that as a leverage to speak out to say, hey, look, we need to make some change here. We need to make some positive change. And I mean, <laughs> I don't know about the, the amount of time it took Hockey Canada to recognize that they need a full leadership change and, and a culture change. And, and to me, I think it's it's awful. It took so long. Um, for them, they to... have. They still haven't. No, they, they're only doing it out of accountability. It's that the public and and the government of Canada yeah. has stepped in and made this 
an accountability issue that they they now have to they're they're still trying to sidestep it. Wait yeah. until December fourteenth, I think, to elect a new manager. Like the yeah. fact that the people who have created this culture and caused this situation are still in power is absolutely ridiculous. If this was a president or a prime minister, they would have had to step down. They would have they would have had to resign. So this is incredible that they're able that it's so rooted in such a toxic culture in that organization that they can just sidestep this issue and say, well, this will be tabled for another day. Well, I yeah. certainly hope they get this figured out before the World Juniors, because although I know they're not too much interconnected, but they are interconnected to me, I won't wear a Team Canada jersey again until this is resolved. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? I mean, it took so long for them to, uh, I mean, once the news came out, to think it was it was months until they later decided to step down. And then and now, like you said, I mean, they, they have stepped down, but they're still in power till December 17th. So I really, I really hope uh, and, and trust uh, for Hockey Canada and, and for our sport that they, they re-elect the right team um, and move that forward. So, But I think that this is also just a sign of how rotten, in a lot of ways, uh, the culture within hockey is. And I don't know, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, uh, Justin, with his, his passing, was, you know, indirectly related to it. But it's just, there's a lot of pressure on these kids, especially in Canada, coming up to be this star, to be this... Like, these, these guys, like, take Justin, for example. Like, he played hockey at a high level, you know, he wasn't Team Canada, or it didn't make the NHL, or anything to that matter. But he would have been a, a on a world champion, or, or sorry, a world champion, but a world representative team anywhere else in the world, Latvia or something like that. He's that high of a caliber. But here in Canada, he's just another hockey player. Yeah. And the pressure that goes into that, these guys play well into their forties, trying to chase that elusive dream, that feeling that they're just constantly chasing. We need to improve this culture. I mean, I I know that it's about trying to strive for greatness and making it to that level. But there's a toxicity in it that needs to be replaced uh, with, with compassion. I mean, I don't want to sound like a snowflake here, but like it's, it's important that we, we address this and start to build and learn from it. Like this is the best opportunity we've had in history to look at that and say, how do we change the culture and make it more uh, fitting for all people, more inclusive for all people. And, you know, doing some, uh, you know, slapping uh, some logos on some mini Zambonis and stuff like that for Team Canada. Like, that's, this PR nonsense is not going to cut it. Yeah. People see right through this nonsense. We need to get to the root cause of this. And we need to start fixing the culture in hockey and making it more inclusive, making it more, um, well, we just need to brood out these bad apples, making it less about protecting these people that are, are causing problems within these organizations. Yeah, I mean, look, honestly, uh, they're not just growing hockey players. They're, they're growing men right and uh that that's really what what they need to be looking and women at. and women sorry yeah. yes absolutely yeah so that wasn't a knock at you i just <laughs> wanted to make sure that we were clarifying that right oh you're uh, right 100 percent. hockey canada on the female side is the best program in the world right is, and yeah. so it, it's sad that we now need to look at well you know what how do we rebuild this without without destroying what we've built yeah <laughs> that's yep. the that's the question i don't have an answer to that so i'll leave that to much brighter people but yeah. uh you know we'll definitely report on it and keep checking in on how this is improving sounds good hey i'm gonna throw one more thing at you carl what's that phil kessel 990 consecutive games passes yeah. keith yandel the other day scores his 400th goal in his 990th consecutive game the iron man streak 
Um, a really cool video that uh, Keith Yandel did uh, to congratulate Kessel on uh, breaking his record. But Phil Kessel. Yeah. 990 games. You know, I, th- I got to tell you, Phil Kessel's kind of flown under my radar over the years. And uh, he, I've always respected him as a player and loved him. And, you know, you see the Tim Hortons cards every year. And he's definitely someone you recognize and appreciate as a player. But, you know, not, that kind of stuck up on me. I didn't realize he was this yeah. this Iron Man, right? So that's incredible. And congratulations to him yeah. on the, that achievement. So hopefully that run continues. I don't see him slowing down, do you? Well, uh, listen, okay, he's sorry. A... Slowing down with Phil Kessel is probably the wrong word because he's been slowing <laughs> down since he was in his mid-20s. But you know what? He plays hard, and he's he's that Dougie, Dougie Gilmore type guy that just keeps playing, right? Uh, he's in a good spot in Vegas surrounded by some pretty uh, talented players. So, yeah. I mean, he just spent the last uh, few seasons in uh, Phoenix, different environment. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I, he's going to – hey, hopefully he hits 1,000 consecutive games. Well, that's uh, all the time we have for this week on Bush League. Hey, uh, Kenny, how did you like it? Oh, one, one, one episode in. Absolutely. You know, listen, it was fun, uh, and, and honestly, can't wait for the next one. Yeah, we'll get a little, little more fluid with things as we go along here. So Can't wait to yeah. get out to the game, too, on Saturday with you. Yeah, I wish you were coming on Friday, but uh, just so everybody knows, I'll be uh, uh, putting uh, uh, I'll be putting Justin's jersey on his chair, and hopefully he'll join me for the game in spirit. And, uh, you know, in memory of our, our friend, Justin Orlowitz, I also have a really cool crest that was given to me, uh, an Orly crest that'll be donned on my Jersey for, for, from now till eternity. So Orly, I miss you, buddy. And, uh, love you. And we wish you were here with us, but, uh, be with us in spirit, please. And, uh, take care of us this year. So, uh, stay tuned on our social media for future episode announcements. Like I said, we'll be doing a eight-episode season this year. Then we'll be moving in the Calder Cup. Uh, and you can follow that and much more at underscore Bush League on Facebook, Instagram, and the TikTok. Until next week, on behalf of my co-host Kenny Greencorn, and I'm Carl Ungren signing off. Up next is Chill Rose Place on Civil Radio 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, serving the Fraser Valley and broadcasting from the traditional unceded Stolo territory.